with me the second chapter, second verse. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love. Everybody shout the same love. Being of one accord, shout being of one accord and of one mind. Amen. Now, I'm going to read uh, three more verses of that, but I want to talk about, since we're talking about renewing our unity, we started a new series of lessons, Renew Our Unity. Say that with me, Renew Our Unity. Say it again, I need to renew my unity with the body of Christ. So I want to talk about the mind of Christ this morning. The mind, say it with me, the mind of Christ. Verse 3 says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. We haven't got there yet. We always want to esteem ourselves instead of others. It got quiet there. I'm glad you got your shout in early. Look not every man on his own thing. Oh, we're we all out the box now. On his own thing, but every man also on the things of others. It's not, not always about us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. How can you say that you love Jesus and you got Christ in your life and you don't have the mind of Christ? You are Christian and you don't have the mind of Christ. Any Christian serious about growing in faith should want to know the mind of Christ. Say that again with me, the mind of Christ. And often we think that we cannot know the mind of Christ, but the reality is, is that we can. Not through any special quest or journey uh, to some secret temple, but by looking into the not-so-secret Bible. That's how we can gain the mind of Christ. See, God wants us to know his mind. Why? Because by knowing his mind, we can begin to mold our mind to be more like his. So that's why we got to know the mind of Christ so that we can mold our mind like his mind. Got it? And in doing that, we can directly apply biblical teachings to our hearts in order to, be, to better life or better live out the mind of Christ in our families, in our relationships, and in the body of Christ. I mean, what sense it make you say, you know, I go to church all the time and your relationship with the people at the church are getting worse and worse. Anytime you go into a church and your relationship getting worse and worse uh, uh, with the people in the church, something wrong. Something is absolutely wrong. If you are in a particular church uh, relationship with that body and your relationship is getting worse and worse. Philippians 2, verse 5, look at it, it says, let this mind, everybody say this mind. This Point mind. to your temple and say, let this mind. Let this mind. Come on, everybody, I'm going to see your finger up there. Come on, put it up to your head and say, let this mind. Now, don't do like this like you're finna pull a trigger. No, just do like this here. No, not like you're trying to pull a trigger. No, put your thumb down. Hallelujah. Let this mind <laughs> be in Christ. <laughs> All right. So let this mind, put the thumb down. Focus on that word, mind. You Bible scholars here today, you know, I just want the word. I ain't really with all that emotional and, you know, getting excited. Well, God gave you emotions for a reason. Remember that, okay? And he wants you to praise him. That's why he gave you 150 divisions of songs. Don't you never forget that, you hear me? 150 divisions of it. How you can praise him through anything. Pray them through war. Pray them through the ups, the downs, on the mountain, down in the valley. I mean, they got every which way in there in the songs. When you're going through, when you got money, when you ain't got no money, when you're up, when you're down, when they love you, when they hate you, when they like you, when they're your boy, when they're your girl, when they're not your girl, when they're not your boy. It tells you how to praise the Lord at all times. In the storm, out of the storm, during the storm, through the storm. Tells you how to praise him. 
So some of us are behind on our praise. You, 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 you have a deficit. You're in debt when it comes to praise. They got a little quiet right there. Y'all, y'all musicians ain't in debt, are you? When it comes to praise, are you? All right, I just want to know now. You sitting over here, you know, with the Zaymar going on there, and you in debt? Hallelujah. Anybody ought to praise him. The psalmstress and the psalmsters and the musicians ought to be the main one to give God the praise. Notice some of the best preachers are worshipers. David was God's man. He said that David is a man after my own heart. You know what David was? David was a worshiper. Hallelujah. So when we focus in on that word mind, Paul uses a very specific word here. The word used means attitude or thinking. Say that with me, attitude, attitude. or thinking. That's what it means, attitude or thinking, which means that the mind of Christ is not a mere creed or theory or formula. It is an attitude or a way of thinking. Oh, that's good. The mind of Christ is an attitude or a way of thinking. So when you get Christ in your life, your attitude changes and the way that you think changes. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Your attitude and your way of thinking becomes different. Are you following me? If your attitude remains the same and you say you got Christ in your life, there's only one or two things going on there. Either Christ is not in your life, you're lying, you're backslid, or something going on in there. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are yet passing away. You don't become perfect in the sense that you don't ever do anything wrong. But you are gradually growing in Christ. Are you still with me? So think about it. If someone say that we have, a, a, if, if you have a very negative attitude, or what they mean is that your way of thinking is very negative, Right? So while on the opposite, a positive attitude is a reflection of the positive thinking. So attitude and thought are one in the same. So your attitude and your thinking, I can see, I can tell what you're thinking by your exterior, uh, 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 your gestures from how you are from your outside. You tell me what's going on the inside by how you you show me your actions from your outward. It's the way that you do your lips, you do your face, or you do your eyes, you do your nose, or your lips that make me know that something is different. Huh? How you look? Your facial expressions tell me there's an attitude about you that has changed. Some of you, you give it away because you get quiet. Normally, you a motor mouth. But you get quiet now when you're a dead giveaway. You tell us something going on with you. I, I know he didn't call me no motor mouth. Well, you talk a lot then. You like that better? So attitude and thought are one and the same. So Paul wrote 13 letters in the New Testament. He used this specific word only 30, uh, uh, 23 times here and about half of the uses are found in 104 verses of the letter up to the Philippians. So break that down. That's about one out of every 10 verses found in this letter about that are about the believer's attitude. And we as believers, we sure enough have an attitude. So to take it even further, a word can often be used as both a noun and a verb. For the use that are English majors. When Paul used the word here, he uses it in the form of a verb. 
And so this means that Paul was not saying that the mind of Christ is con some concept, but an action. Everybody say action. So living out the mind of Christ is not something to be learned or understood. It is something that is to be acted upon, lived out, and demonstrated. You act this out, you live this, you live it out, you demonstrate the mind of Christ. So if you say you got Christ in your mind, it should be demonstrated outwardly. You cannot have Christ in your mind and you curse everybody out. What are you demonstrating? You're not demonstrating Christ. You're not living it out. You're not acting upon what he says. So what good would it be to have the mind of Christ and not live it? Folks, they got the mind of Christ and they don't live a nickel's worth of dog meat. So... To not demonstrate it, it would be folly. You cannot believe that you have the mind of Christ if you do not demonstrate it every day in your life. Amen. Now, I know you hear the folks, well, you know, uh, 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 I ain't really sanctified or nothing, and I ain't, I ain't like y'all, and, and I don't go to church every Sunday. And, and listen, nobody asks you for none of those excuses. Either you have him or you don't. That, that's, either you, got, you ain't got to try to fake me out and try to say, well, you know, I ain't, I ain't holy as you and I ain't been saved as long as you. They ain't got nothing to do with nothing. They ain't got nothing to do with nothing. There's some folk that been in church, been playing church all their life, and they're not going to make it. And there's some folk going to be on their deathbed, and they're going to give their life to Christ, and they're going to make it. It's got to do with your heart. Ain't nothing there. When God read that heart, you can't say, when God read that heart, let this mind be in you was also in Christ Jesus. Let Christ be in your heart. Mind and heart sometimes used interchangeably. Sometimes. And so James 2 and 20, let's go there. It says it this way. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? People say they got the mind of Christ and they don't have no action to follow it. It's dead. You telling me you're a Christian? Show me a Christian. You're a Christian by your works. Hallelujah. Yeah, because you work don't mean you're saved, but when you get saved, you will work. What? Say that again. You'll get it tomorrow. I know when people really say when they first come in here, they come in here, you know, if they had to move, you know, maybe uh, PCS, whatever the case, maybe job moved them here, whatever like that, and they've been saved for, I already know, because they come in working. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. They're looking around for so something they can do. Can I help himself? Hallelujah. When you say you can't sit still, Amen. you want to do something on the behalf of God. Amen. What do you need, man? All right. We're going to put you right here. Well, that ain't the way I want to be. Well, you asked me where I needed you. You should have told me where you wanted to be instead of where I need you. <laughs> All right, I'm messing up now. I'm messing up. I'm messing up. I'm messing up. So just as good works have never saved a, a sinner's soul, salvation will produce change in a person's life. So the book of Revelation have a strong warning for people. In the book of Revelations, uh, chapter 2, it says, I know your works, but you left your first love. You can't fake God out. God, I've done this, I've done this, I've done God said, I know your work. But you done left your first love. How can you say you're still in love with Jesus and you left him? You're not even on speaking terms anymore. I ain't talking about being intimate with him. I'm talking about you're not even on speaking terms. You don't talk to God until you're in trouble. You don't talk to God until you need something from him. If it's truly a love affair, you talk to him when you don't even really need nothing. 
You just thought about him and said, Lord, I love you. Sometimes we in the house, my wife walked by me, I just say, babe, I just love you. Hallelujah. Amen. She ain't done nothing special. She just walked by me. Hi. Huh? Because I'm in love with her. And when you're in love with the Lord, you just thought about how good he was to you today. You thought about how he blessed you and you know you didn't deserve it. You thought about how he blessed you and kept you and other folk that you knew that you grew up with and they're not doing half as good as you and God done blessed you, brought you through all those things you had to go through. And I know they had trials too, but when you came through your trials, God was with you and as he was holding your hand through the trial. And it is true, you should have been, you could have been dead and gone, but he preserved your life. Because we wasn't doing all the right things. But thanks be to God that he didn't destroy me then. He had a plan for my life while I was in sin. My God, thinking deep in sin, doing sin, thinking about sin, old sin, right sin, doing all them sinful things. But God, he kept the hand of the enemy because he saw my life down the road. Don't you judge me where I am right now because you don't know what God got for me down the road. Sitting on the road with somebody and you got your lip twisted and you're rolling your eyes at them. You better start thanking God for them while they're in the state that they're in because you don't know what God got them in the, in the future. In the future, they may have to save your life. In the future, they may have to give you a job. In the future, they may have to come and pray for your kin people. Hallelujah! <laughs> you don't know somebody got to tell me I might not be doing good right now oh but if God give me a few more days it don't take God to turn anything around he could do a surgery on you sitting up in here right now without a knife without anything without any anesthesia he could do surgery on you sitting up in here right now He's not here today, but he's been on a road, and, and what's in there told me his testimony. But uh, they, Elder Smith, uh, some of you all know him, maybe you don't know him, but uh, he had to have surgery on his knee. They put him under. Brother Newsom was right there with him. And the doctor came back in and said, hey, man, we had to sew him right back up. He said, why? He said, well, uh, when he wake up, I want you to tell him. He woke up, he said, listen, uh, when they went in, the doctor said he cut and say just like somebody had already did surgery before he got there and put his knee all back together again and he said all they could do is just sew him put the stitches back in because his knee is already healed I wish he was here this morning I, oh I wish he was here this morning God had done a surgery on him before the surgeon got to him that's why I say right here and right now, whoever you got ailing you, God can have a surgery on you right here and right now and heal your body right in the midst of this service. I got to lay hands on you. Ain't nobody got to come whisper in your ear, sprinkle no doofy, goofy dust on you. Uh, hallelujah. Read your palm. Uh, I'll give you a right foot and none of that foolishness. All you got to do is say the word. By his stripes, I am healed. I feel God in this place this morning. I feel, hey! I know we've been going to the doctor first lady, but I believe that just a matter of time before God just say, this is enough. This is it. You don't have to go to another treatment. You are healed by my, I saw your faithfulness. I saw you going, but I want you to trust the number one doctor on the day because you are healed by his rights. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't telling nobody not to go to the doctor, but I'm telling you there's a doctor above the doctor. 
There's a doctor that was here before the doctor. Dr. Jesus. He will make everything all right. And that what the quartet singer say? Hallelujah. Dr. Jesus said he'll make everything all right. <laughs> Woo! All right. Y'all get me all hot and bothered. Y'all sit down. Y'all get me. I got to finish this. Get me all excited and everything. Hallelujah. Calm your little self down there, brother preacher. So watch this. Faith takes action. Say this with me. Faith, Faith. takes action. Faith. Now, those of you that have little babies, you, the nursery is open if you really want to take them now. You know, we, we got you. But now, if you want them, that's fine. But we got you. We got you. We ready. Hallelujah. Say it again. Faith, Faith. takes action. So action comes from attitude. I want y'all to look up at that screen for a minute. Faith, uh, faith takes action and action comes from attitude. So the best attitude to have is that of Christ. I want that to soak in. Faith takes action and action comes from attitude. My attitude is that we're going to be healed. And where did I get that attitude from? Christ. Because he said by his stripes. Not mine. But by his stripes. And my attitude is I believe what Christ said. <laughs> now get this. No one is credible when they live a life contrary to what is professed. If you're saying one thing, but you're doing another, you are not credible, sister, girl, brother, man. You can't profess one thing and do something different. I, ain't stuck, I don't care about your title or whatever. You can't profess one thing and do something different. Hallelujah. So it's clear that the mind of Christ is an action. It's not, a, it's not a sit on the stool and do nothing. The mind of Christ is action. Come on, say that with me. The mind of Christ, mind of Christ is, action. is action. So, attitude is thinking. Mind of Christ is action. So, attitude is thinking. Your attitude comes from your thinking. The reason why you have a bad attitude is because you're thinking. <laughs> and the reason why you got a good attitude is because of your thinking. It's no secret. I like to be around people with good attitudes. Is that no secret for you? How do you like to be around people that got a good attitude? I know you do even when you got a bad one. Even if I got a bad one, I want to be around people with a good one. Because right. I need that good attitude to rub off on me. Because right now I got a bad, stinking attitude. Uh-huh. Because see, when I got a bad attitude, I need my wife to have a good one. Because I'm about to mess up some stuff. Anybody feeling me on that? Y'all understand what I'm saying? And my wife got a, you know, not so good attitude. I need to have a good attitude. Come on over here. Come on over here. I detect something. Come on over here. Come on over here and give me some sugar. I don't want to get it. Ah, see, that, that attitude. Come on over here. Come on. Come on. Come on over here to Big Daddy. Come on. I need to give you some sugar now. Come on. Hallelujah. You're thinking. That's right. Help me, Jesus. Because we don't always have a good attitude. Don't be trying to fake me out. I see how your husband looking at you right now. You, your wife looking at you. <laughs> you ain't always got a good attitude. Some of you haven't had one when you came here today. Had one yesterday. And my grandma was going to say, yes, did it. Yeah, you had an old raunchy attitude yesterday. We got to straighten that out. Amen. 
And so when Paul writes to let this mind be in you, he, it means to change your thinking. In other words, think like Christ. Say that with me, think like Christ. Or to put it another way, to gain spirituality, renew your mind. Renew your mind. So let's break this down. Some people try to get closer to God by changing geographical location. Away from the old life, away from the old sin, away from the, the old temper, uh, 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 temptations. And, and unfortunately, the same thing, uh, thinking produces the same results in a new location. See, the problem is, is that some people think they can change their location and things will change. The problem is that you got to take you with you. And when you get there, you got that same old wrong attitude. No, you can't change location, geographical location. You got to change your heart. You got to change your thinking. Just because I go to sit in the living room on the sofa don't mean I'm going to change the way that I think. Let me go sit on the sofa. Maybe I'll change. No, you just took yourself right on over the sofa with your nasty attitude and set your nasty attitude self down. Your thinking is still the same. Think, stinking. Stinking thinking. No George Miles called it, right? So, watch this. Change of circumstances will not change your attitude. Amen. So you can get up from here and go to another church all you want to. You're going to still have that same old attitude. Well, it's that winning church is the problem. Uh-uh. You get right on over there. You say, what am I? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, you know, I feel the same way. That's you. Remember this principle. Circumstances can never change your heart. Circumstance can never change your heart. Your heart has to be changed by Christ. Yeah. This, is, this is good teaching. This is great teaching. Circumstances can put great or little pressure on the decision maker but they only provide the environment in which a change of heart takes place. See, but circumstances can never change a heart. If you want to adopt the mind of Christ, you must do what the Bible says do. You got to confess, you got to repent, and you got to meditate on God's word. Say that with me, confess, confess. repent, repent, and meditate on God's word. You got to do that in order to live out the mind of Christ with your spouse, with your family, and with the body of Christ. You've got to do that. You've got to find yourself in a place of confessing. See, probably a lot of us don't think we're wrong. You, you don't, you don't, and you, okay, you don't never have nothing you got to confess. You don't never have anything that you got to repent over. And we already know you're not meditating on God's word. We're in the book of Joshua. And you ain't got started yet. You see? So, 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 you, 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 you the main one. Why, why is it that it's always somebody else? So we got to do those things, three things. If we want to grow this year, we want to see things change, we got to have meditation, repentance, and confession. Confession, repentance, and meditation on God's word. So now, let's look at this scripture again. Philippians 2, verse 2. It says, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. That sounds like unity to me. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in a lowness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Especially you married people. Y'all should be esteeming each other better than yourself. I don't care how you feel about what they're doing to you. You should be trying to seek to esteem them better than yourself. And when you're doing it for him and she's doing it for you, I mean, man, it's going to get better because both of you all just bumping into each other, tripping over each other, trying to eat, lift the other one up. You ain't got time to have no bad time. Yeah. 
Duh. And look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So you will notice that this attitude is interesting in threefold, and I'm going to sit down. Each verse teaches a new portion of the attitude. So what we learn is that the mind of Christ is an all or nothing attitude. We learn that the mind of Christ is an all or nothing attitude. Are you following me? So we cannot say that you are living in the mind of Christ if you only adopt two thirds. It's all or nothing. Seems difficult or new. You know, it's the same concept in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. In regards to the fruit of the spirit. The building blocks of life. And the fruit of the spirit is listed as nine things. Y'all already know what they are, right? Nine things. Look up on the screen. Look at those nine things. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? So the first attitude to adopt in the threefold is unity. We gather that from Philippians 2 and 2. So the verse uses word like, like, same, one, again, one, and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to live out the mind of Christ in your church, your home, your relationship, you must demonstrate biblical unity. Now, the difficult part of saying that is that it leaves a huge new question. And here's the question. What does it mean to be in biblical unity or how exactly do I do that? And I'm glad you asked. If only there was somewhere we can turn to and find the answer that we see. Perhaps a unity checklist, if you will. Having the same love and being united in the spirit and being intent on one person. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There is, a, there is a checklist. There is a scripture. Philippians 2 and 2. Here's the three actions. Action number one. Say that with me. Action number one. Write it down. Unity of, a, of a affection. In other words, having the same love. Having the same love. Having the same love is another way of saying that you have a deep commitment to love one another no matter the personality or physical differences. Having the same love. The unity of affection. So the word love used here by Paul is one that means total commitment. Say that with me, total commitment. Total commitment. And so this is demonstrated by loving people for who they are and loving them on the days that is so difficult to do so. Some days are better than others. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to love that person. Sometimes we do want to love that person. Sometimes we don't feel like it, you know. And we sometimes, some days are different because you don't wake up the same. You don't wake up the same. And then the, the, the thing of this is that Jesus on the cross, did he demonstrate love? He'd think it was, it was easy. Do you think it was easy? It was not easy. It was not easy for him being on that cross. And so Jesus said to his disciples how they should love. John 15 and 11, look there with me. It said, love each other as I have loved you. This will make my joy complete. Y'all have that scripture? Now look at Romans, Romans 5 and 8. Say, God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the unity of affection. Total commitment. Commitment is a strong word. When love runs out, you're still committed. Some people think love is a strong word. Uh-uh. Commitment is. Commitment is stronger. Because when you say, I don't, feel, uh, I don't feel the love no more. I done fell out of love. I'm not, I loved him, but I ain't in love. As to give you an out. No, you committed. Hallelujah. Things ain't the same. 
Hallelujah. You look different than your married pictures. On your married pictures, you had hair. On your married pictures, you was like. Hallelujah. On your married pictures, sister girl, you were fine. Well, great God Almighty. We're not going to talk about it now. On your mad picture, you didn't have no gray hair. Nope. Right? On mad pictures. Hallelujah. Different. But you're committed. On your mad picture, you didn't wear glasses. Now you're using each other's glasses. Baby, let me hold your glasses. Let me hold your glasses. Let me see. Right Mad picture, you ain't have a glass. They said, baby, where my glasses? Where my glasses? Where my glasses? They on top of your head, nut. Oh. <laughs> I'm around here looking for my glasses. They all up here. <laughs> Don't y'all laugh at me. You done been there too now. <laughs> you laugh. Okay, keep living. All right. Okay. I right, keep living. You think that's funny? Okay. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Laugh. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You remember as, as your your memory is, is a little you know, it's not as, as good as it used to. And I tell my wife now, baby, you got to be patient with me now. She be, I done told you that three times. This is the third time. You're, now listen now. Well, see, my memory might be going faster. Now you be patient with me. Don't you be treating me wrong. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We was in the house the other day, and uh, I, I was trying to ask her something. You know, she, you know, she kind of. But now listen. Now I don't know. And I said, well, wait a minute. Now you can tell me a little bit better than that. Now <laughs> you tell me this. And, 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 and Jared, he said, you see. That's, that's, that's the Veronica side, because see, I'm short too. I, don't, I can't put it with folk that just don't, you know, amen. I ain't got that much patience. That's, that's, that's the mama side. Then something else happened, and then I guess she, just, she had to get me back. She said, now that's the daddy side right there. <laughs> I, know, okay, I guess we're playing the dad and the mama side this time. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, but action number two, I'm out, I'm going to be out. It's unity in spirit. Say unity in spirit. Unity in spirit. So that's being of one accord. And so this, 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 you know, will sound strange, I'm telling you. But it is another way of saying that your love for one another, your commitment is the level of being a soulmate. Interesting enough, this is uh, some uh, translations use one accord, uh-huh, and two, it, they use two words for it, one accord, but yet Paul uses as one word, which is spirit. So the implication here is soul with soul. So that's what they're talking about with unity is soul with soul. So unity is as deep as soul with soul. It's as deep as you being like a soul mate. Are you following? So it's best described as an intimate marriage. So when it comes to church, we should have unity so close that it looks like a marriage. Are y'all following me? So it looks like a marriage. So uh, you're, 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 you, you, you bear burdens of each other. So if somebody else is going through, you see them going through, you seek to restore them. Now how are you going to restore them? Huh? In the spirit of meekness. In the spirit of meekness. That's how you restore it. And then finally, action number three. Unity of purpose. Intent on one purpose. On one purpose. And so when we come together, we should have one purpose. Especially when it comes to the church. 
especially when we need uh, 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 to have that purpose or the reason that we get involved in the per first place is that we are committed to one another. And so what does that mean? If the need is to get done, it's going to get done. If it needs to be done, it gets done. Why? Because we have a purpose. It does, we, don't, we don't care who gets the credit. We don't care about that. As long as the job get done. I don't care how long the day is. I don't care what ministry need to get done. We get it done because we got an intent of purpose. The purpose is, is that we come together and we get it done. And we were determined to do it. Because we have already made up our minds that we are going to do it together. Can you say amen? And so that's what we got to do. We got to have a unity of affection. When God brings us together, we should have so much love that we don't only speak love, but we show each other that we love one another. Can you say amen? And so that is a total commitment. That's what we need from each of us. We need total commitment. That's what God needs from you. Total commitment. We don't need you, you know, in and out, up and down, the little dab of do, you know. We need total commitment from you. We need to see that affection that comes from you. Why? Because we have the same love. We love Christ alike. We love people. Jesus said, if you want to show me that you love me, you do it to somebody else. That's how you show God that you love him by loving somebody else. And that's not loving the lovable. You got to love the unlovable just like you love the lovable. Can you say amen? That's the true test. Can you love me when I'm not all together? Can you love me when I'm not acting like I'm supposed to be like the real Harvey B? Can you love me if I'm not up to par? Because sometimes I'm not going to be up to par, but I'm still that person that you need to pick up. Because all of us at some time or another going to need a hand up when we are down. Can you say amen? So we got to have unity of affection and then we got to have unity in spirit being with one accord. Can you imagine if this church would become one accord? If we get together with one accord. Every time we come together on Wednesday, every time we come together on Sunday, every time we come together for prayer, every time we come together we are with one accord. We're unified in the spirit. Oh my God, we are together. We are stuck like glue. Uh, when other folk come in here, they will see how much oneness we have in this place and they will want to be a part of that oneness. Can you say amen? Yes, yes, yes. We may have red and white on and we may have black, red and white on and that's a uniform, but uniform is not unity. There are people who have a uniform on and they don't have no unity. We've got to learn how to have unity. We've got to have that oneness when we come to the things of God. How you think this church going to grow again? How you going to think we're going to rebound from this pandemic? we got to show unity in this house that we are not going back up we're not going back down we're going to go forward in the Lord we're going to press for the mark of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus we've come too far by faith to turn around now and we will speak bold in the Lord can you say amen anybody here ready to have this godly unity anybody here ready to have this unity of purpose Yes, the intent of purpose. Yes, that's what we want. We want the intent of one purpose. I mean, yes, yes. Uh, we cannot come here and act like we are one and we are truly divided. Uh-huh, we're divided in our thinking. Uh, when we leave here, one of y'all say one thing and the other says another. Uh, when we leave here, you say, oh, I'm going to listen to the bishop, but he's saying that, but I ain't with him. Oh, that's the vision right there. But do you know that if we are strong in union uh, and if we come together like God wants us to come together, uh, I'm telling you that, my God, you'll see that trickling down effect where your marriage will get better. Uh, when you 
you come in here and you're in unified in one, you'll see your home getting better. Now, because you'll start right here with one accord, being together as one in this place. And what you learn here, you will, my God, implement it in your home. You'll implement it on your job. You'll have unity in your workforce because you learn that unity will bring people together like soulmates. And before we know anything, we'll be pushing together in one way. We'll be pulling one together with each other. Can you say amen? And that's what God wants for the winning church is that we unify as one. Even though we may have many, but when you say unity, the many become one. Can you say amen? And so together we will rise and divided we will fall. But I'm not intending to fall anywhere. If I fall anywhere, I'm going to fall in love with Jesus. I'm going to fall more in love with him. Can you say amen? Y'all have a good day now. You're looking like Valentine already. And I know Valentine is next week. But I'm here to tell you, if you just start with unity, you don't have to worry about trying to get the biggest gift or the best gift when you've got unity. I'm telling you, I want unity in my home. I want unity in my job. I want unity in my marriage and I want unity in my body because of my body is lined up everything on the inside working with the other part in the body everything will be alright the reason why you have disease the disease is my God unease disease the reason why you got problems going on in your body one part of your body start to disunify itself from the other body because we are all dependent on one another can you say amen and you can do your feet like you want to do your feet but you better start respecting your feet can you say amen you don't put no lotion on them you don't cut the toenails you don't treat your feet right you don't soak them every now and then but you better respect your feet because your feet is the thing that take your heart around your feet is what take your head around your feet is what take everything about your body around and all of the weight of your body is on your feet so you better learn how to respect your feet because your feet is taking all of you wherever you go can you say amen and I don't know who the feet of the body but we better start respecting every part of the body so our body can be unified and when your body is not unified when your pancreas start to go a different direction and when your kidneys start to go a different direction and don't want to be unified with the body something is going to be going on in there that's going to throw the whole thing off can you say amen that's why you got to respect your toes because if your toes start missing you won't be able to keep your balance you'll fall down every time can you say amen so we need everybody in the body to do their part so that we can unify somebody shout unify unify oneness together can you say amen look down your row and tell us that we need you and we need you and we need you too we need everybody to unify as one can you say amen we're only strong as the weakest link we're only strong as the weakest link and when 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 you can't find your brother overtaken in a fault ye that are spiritual seek to restore such a one can you say amen when that brother's going through say brother i got you in prayer i'm holding you up it ain't gonna be this way always 
can you say amen? Uh, it's a sad case, a sad thing. Uh, when you gotta handle everything by yourself, uh, can you say amen? Uh, but I'm glad today I got friends in here. Uh, I got unity in here uh, that when I get a little low, somebody come alongside me uh, and say, Bishop, it's gonna be all right. Be encouraged, my brother. Uh, hold up your head now. Uh, it's all right. Uh, Jesus said, uh, it's gonna be all right. Uh, say it. Uh, shout yes. Uh, it's all right. Uh, if you will, just place your hand on somebody's shoulder uh, and say, it's gonna be all right. It's all right. No matter what you're going through. Uh, it's all right, it's all right now. Shout yeah, hey, it's gonna be all right. Jesus said it and I believe it. Jesus said it and I receive it. Y'all have a good day now. Don't eat too much, but just know that God wants us to unify. We may not understand everything. We may come from different backgrounds. We may have different households. Uh, you may be short, one tall. You may be thin, one round. Uh, you may have large feet, small feet. Uh, but we're all in this thing together. Uh, we're all unified together. Uh, can you say amen? We got to keep the mind of Christ. We got to have the attitude uh, that we're going to think like Christ. Uh, shout glory so I'm alright now y'all I believe that this church will be unified I believe that this church will be with one accord I believe that this church will have the same love I believe that this church will have the mind of Christ can you say amen? Y'all have a good day now. Y'all going about your business now. God is good to us. And he's good all the time. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, so put your hand together. And give God a praise. Like you know that you got the mind of Christ. That you know that he lives in you. And you live in him. Can you say amen? Uh, now look down your road uh, and tell them, say, from, the, from this day forth, I want you to have action. Thinking like you should. Talking like you should. And walking like you should. And living like you should. And it will be all right. Can you say amen? Now put your hand together. And give God praise one more time. The mind of Christ. 